0: BLOB TALK RADIO Ready or now? This is the HABS360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G.
1: All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 153 of the HABS360 podcast. It is Saturday, November 7th, 2015. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Canadians played three games since our last episode. Well, they got a couple of wins and an overtime loss. And well, like always, lots of news when it comes related to the Montreal Canadiens on and off the ice. So the Canadiens at this point have played 15 games. They have a record of 12-2-1 for a total of 25 points. They are currently in a 7-2-1 record in their last uh, 10 games. That was in first place across the board in the Atlantic Division... In the Eastern Conference, in the NHL, so Canadians, they're off to a great start. And in fact, if we look at sportsclubstats.com, Canadians have a 99.2% chance of making the playoffs. So that's pretty much uh, a playoff spot already uh, 15 games in. And while well, they have an 18.8% chance of winning the Stanley Cup and a 44.3% chance of winning the Presidents' Trophy, it's looking good for the Montreal Canadiens. Habs360, the most informative and interactive podcast that you'll, you'll be able to find. And well, contact us. Let's talk Montreal Canadiens. You can do it. Via our toll-free number at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. 455 4945 our toll-free lines will be open for the first two segments. You can also reach us via Twitter at Habs360. And well, if you're listening to us via your computer on blogtalkradio.com, you scroll to the bottom of the page, you'll see a, a chat room, and you'll be able to leave your comments there, and we'll read all of them before the end of today's episode. Joining me in about 35 minutes' time will be Corey Desormeaux, who is the managing editor at uh, allhabits.net. So he's going to join me, and we're going to talk some Montreal Canadiens uh, hockey. So the Canadiens week, well, it started off on Sunday, and big news that was announced on uh, Sunday morning and well, let's hear the coach.
2: I believe it happened like Thursday's last game, and he reported the next day, didn't feel that good. So, uh, when obviously, he didn't go on the ice uh, Friday. And uh, so, our doctor, when we came back, and uh, they decided to give him uh, a week off.
1: So, there you go. So, Carrie Price out for one week with a lower body injury. This was announced last Sunday morning, part of the game against the Winnipeg Jets. The next update is expected on Monday, in a couple of days from now. And well, Canadians have a quiet week coming up. They're playing tonight against the Boston Bruins, and then they're playing Wednesday against the Penguins, and then they're off until next Saturday. So if I had to bet, I think that uh, Condon would get the start on Wednesday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then look at Carey Price maybe coming back in uh, seven days from now, next Saturday when uh, the Colorado Avalanche are in town. Dustin Tokarski was recalled from the AHL to uh, to back up Michael Condon, who started off the, the the three games since the injury was recalled. We'll expand on that later in uh, today's episode, but as well. Carrie Price was named the winner of the Motion Cup for the Canadians for the month of October and well not only that he was named the second star for the month of October in the NHL he had a record of 7 2 and 0 with a 2.01 goals against average he had a 936 save percentage and he collected a couple of shutouts during the month So we'll touch upon that later on in today's episode. Canaan started off the week facing the Winnipeg Jets.
3: Uh,
1: Yeah,
3: for any any goalie, he's not going to complain about the team scoring goals. So, uh, you know, we play good defensively, and that translates into offense. And, uh, yeah, very fortunate for that, and it's very fun to watch.
1: So we heard there, Lars Zeller's fourth goal of the season, it was the fifth goal as the Canadians beat the Penguins, sorry, the Jets, I should say, 5-1. to one. Michael Condon made 18 saves in that game against the Winnipeg Jets. And well, that game, we know the Winnipeg Jets, they're off to a good start in their season. They're first place in their division, the... Um, well, sorry, they're not first place anymore in division. At that point, they were. Uh, they are in the Central Division. They have a record of 8-4-2, so which is a very respectable uh, record for, uh, for the Jets. And I'm not sure if it was because the Jets were playing two games in uh, two nights. They were in Nashville, or check that, make that Columbus the night before. But on Sunday, they weren't in it. It was all Montreal Canadiens from beginning to end the better team did win on Sunday. So Canadians continued their homestand on a Tuesday against the Ottawa Senators. And, well, the Canadians lost by a score of 2-1 to one in overtime to uh, the Ottawa Senators. Dale Weiss was the only goal scorer for the Montreal Canadiens in that game. Let's hear from Canadian goaltender Michael Condon.
3: Yeah, it's, no, no one likes losing. Um, it was a hard fought game. I thought uh, Craig Anderson played a really well, really good game. We we took it to him in the third, and um the way it goes sometimes. Made a nice play there in overtime, and uh, we'll just take the point.
1: And well, Michael Con, Mike Condon, he's right about uh, Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson seems to have the Montreal Canadiens number. He always plays great against them. We all remember what happened in the playoffs. The last season when uh, Andrew Hammond started wasn't going too well for the Ottawa Senators and then when Craig Anderson came in goal well the Canadians had trouble scoring Anderson made 36 saves, Michael Condon, his end made uh, 25 and well, both goals the Canadians allowed were as a result of mistakes from the Canadians players and it wasn't any of their players, it was from a couple of their best players the first one was from P.K. Subban who uh, in the offensive zone tried to take a shot and it was blocked and that led to a breakaway and who scored that goal for the Senators? Jean-Gabriel Pajot. This guy he's a half killer as well. One third of his career NHL goals have been against the Montreal Canadiens so he's Canadians need to circle his name and his number next time the Senators uh, are their opponents. And well, in the in the second goal, which was the overtime winner, this was a mistake by the Canadians' captain, Max Pacioretty. Tried to do a pass to the point to Jeff Petrie, but that got intercepted by the Senators. And then while well, Jeff Petrie was all alone, it was a 2 one for the Senators, and they put up a pot past. Michael Condon to give them a 2-1 to win so the first time that we saw the Canadians in 3-on-3 action in the regular season and just like the regular season it didn't last long, it lasted 34 seconds but post game Mitchell Teren gave some comments on what he saw
2: yeah, it's like, a, it, you yeah. know what it, it, it's, it's a puck possession so uh, we end up losing the puck and uh, that's the number one key so, uh, but you know what? That was our first experience in the regular season. Training camp is totally different, but uh, I'm sure we're going to learn from it.
1: So for sure they're going to learn from it with experience. And, well, we saw that the strategy used by the coach was to start with two forwards and one defenseman. So on ice, up front for the Canadians was Max Pacioretty and Thomas Plekanec and Jeff Petrie. Was in defense, so who knows? Next time this happens, will he put a couple of defensemen and the forwards? Well, it depends where the faceoff is. The faceoff's in defensive zone, he might start off with two Ds. Who knows? So we'll see as the season goes on how that uh, plays on. One interesting point that I noticed when it came to the three on three overtime, PK Subban was not a defenseman started the overtime period. Why not? I'm not sure, but like I've mentioned here on the Habs 360 in in the past, as long as the Canadians are winning and well, they've been winning so far. I'm not gonna bash Michel Therrien. I'm not gonna bash his decisions. Canadians are doing well, so I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. It's just a question that I had when it comes to the uh, the usage of of players to start off with the overtime. Well, then, Thursday night, New York calendars were in town, Canadians' third game in this uh, in their homestand.
2: Szydliski knocked it down and now chipped up by Gallagher. Hatcher ready at center, fighting for it. And it's Gallagher to Placano, scores! That's to a You know what? Both teams played really tight tonight, similar system and uh, and there were not uh, a lot of space on the ice uh but uh, uh we were resilient the way we we wanted to play and uh, uh the fact that uh we, we kept our game uh, the game plan in and when we get to the third period and uh, uh it certainly helped to get success and tonight again no, we stick to the plan. We wanna play. Wanna do the right thing. We wanna play the right way and we got reward.
1: And while the Canadians beat the New York Colleges four to one, we heard Thomas Plekanitz's sixth goal of the season. And just an interesting side note in regards to it, it is Plekanec's third empty net goal of the season. So fifty percent of his goals so far this year have been without a um without a goalie, right? And he leads the league with empty net goals. So talking about being clutch when it comes to scoring goals, if there's no goalie, the guy to put on the ice is definitely Thomas Plekhanes. Well, in this game, it wasn't the most exciting game, especially not the first two periods. There wasn't much going on on, uh, for either side of the team. The shots on goal after two periods of play were 15-13, so you can tell that there wasn't much action on uh, on both ends of the ice, but then the Canadians in the third period scored three goals including the internet goal to win 4-1 and in fact, in on the game winning goal which was called, scored by David Ernais, the Canadians got a little bit of a lucky break as a puck that was cleared off the boards, hit the linesman Michel Cormier and that led to a 2 on one between fleischmann and De Arne that clear out or what ended up being an assist was also given to, uh, to Nathan Bowyer. New York Islanders weren't too pleased about it, but hey, that's hockey. These kind of bounces happen several times throughout the game, and, well, sometimes they do end up uh, being a, a goal. So the Canadians have won 12 out of the first 15 games. And that's the first time in Montreal Canadiens franchise history that they've started off the season with 12 wins in their first 15 games. And if you take a look, just a couple of comparisons to uh, to last year, some stats that uh, at least stand out for me, is when it comes to the first period, Canaan's have scored 15 goals, which is the most in the NHL. And they've only allowed three goals. One thing to remember is that all those three goals were allowed against the Vancouver Canucks. So they've allowed first-period goals only in one out of the 14 games that they've played this season. So that's quite impressive. And the Canadians also lead when it comes to goals scored in the third period with 20 goals. That is the most than any other team in the NHL. And they've only allowed eight goals in the third period. So that the differential of plus 12, that is also a league lead in the NHL. And that's the big difference when it comes to the Canadians, at least so far, when i would say from this year compared to last season, is the first period. The Canadians never seemed always ready to begin the games. And this year, it's, it's different, except for the game against the Vancouver Canucks. I think they've always been ready, prepared to uh, to start off their, their game. So that is definitely great for the Montreal Canadiens. Now, when it comes to the plus-minus, Canadians have eight players in the top 21 of the league. So that as well is, is quite impressive. Some other news from this week. Actually, in fact, it is from Tuesday this week on November 3rd staying sent down Craig Pattern to the Ice Dogs for conditioning. And well, Craig Pattern played 3 games and in an allhabs.net exclusive we did find out that Craig Pattern will be returning to Montreal on Sunday. So tonight he'll be playing his final game with the uh, Ice with the Ice Caps against Hershey and after that, he's packing his bags and he's heading back to Montreal and he will travel with the team to, uh, to Pittsburgh on, to face the Penguins on Wednesday night. And well, let's listen to Craig Patteron. He'll tell us himself about his return.
2: Actually, I'm just going to Hershey tomorrow and then I'm going back Sunday. So.
1: Short, short and sweet. So it was a short and sweet conditioning. So the purpose of this was by the Canadians was to allow Craig Patteron to return to uh, to the lineup. And you probably heard in the background, this was a one-on-one interview. Well, I guess it's a two-on-one interview with uh, allhabs.net, Rick Stevens, who you definitely know who he is because he's been uh, my co-host for uh, almost the entire season. And with uh, Amy Johnson, who are who went on the road trip to, uh to visit the uh the ice capsule the last couple of weeks we'll have more information our road trip uh, next week when uh, rick returns to uh to the episodes and well rick and amy they asked craig pattern as well why was he there why was what did he have to work on and let's hear his response <laughs>
2: Well,
3: you know, I'm just working on, uh, you know, playing my style of hockey and, you know, just getting um, my timing down. My, um, you know, it's just for conditioning. I haven't played a game in a long time. So, you know, just getting my, uh, my puck touches in and my um, timing down with hitting guys and my stick positioning, just working on the little things so that when I do, you know, go uh, back into the lineup up there, you know, I'm a little sharper.
1: So there you go. So I just played a couple of clips of the interview. If you'd like to see the entire interview, head over to uh, the Ice Caps report and you'll be able to see the entire interview that was conducted yesterday with uh, Amy Johnson and uh, Rick Stevens from allhabs.net. So like I said, just a reminder, this is an allhabs.net exclusive. Craig Patteron will return with the Canadians after tonight's game with against uh, Hershey and he will be traveling to with a, with the a Canadians to uh, to Pittsburgh to face the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jared Tenorti, he's still up with uh, the big club. Is he next, well, we'll uh, find out. All right, we're going to take our first break. On the other side, winners and losers of the week, who are yours? Let us know. You can let us know via Twitter, at Tabs360. You can also give us a call toll-free at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. And also coming up in approximately 20 minutes' time will be Corey DeZormo, Managing Editor at uh, AllHabs.net. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on AllHabs.net.
0: For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to AllHabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's AllHabs.net.
1: Zesto Resto Bar and Grill wants you to come and sample the food that you have been accustomed to. Pizzas, subs, barbecue chicken, ribs, burgers, pasta, hand cut smoked meat, and so much more. Service has been and will continue to be personal and friendly. Staff and management are committed to providing you with quality and quantity. You'll be surrounded by numerous televisions, including a video wall for all Habs games and sporting events, and a full service bar where you can unwind after work to meet old friends and make new ones. Zesto Resto Bar is located at 690 St. Catherine West and is open for breakfast seven days a week. For more information, visit the website at ZestoResto.com or call 514-395-8555.
0: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, Multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360.
1: All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G. At Chris G. 1980. As we we talk Montreal Canadiens, getting to the game against the uh, the Boston Bruins tonight at seven o'clock Eastern start. Canadians had an optional practice, but there are no lineup changes that are expected. So, this morning's and yesterday's uh, practice were, uh, were optional. For the Boston Bruins on their end, one thing that we know is that Tuukka Rask, we know that he, he hasn't been very successful against the Montreal Canadiens. He will not be in goal. It will be Jonas Gustavsen who has a record of five three and one with a 251 goals against average, and a 904 save percentage in career against the Montreal Canadiens. All right, one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. Let us know who are your winners and your losers of the week. And well, I'll get it started with uh, my first winner. So I'll name three runners up and the big winner of the week. And my first runner-up is Kevin Gilmore of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. So earlier this week, La Presse reported that Montreal, well, I should say the NHL, is interested in hosting an outdoor game at Parc Jean Drapeau in Montreal. And while well, I think for once it was actually confirmed in the public, in the open, that they were interested in uh, In hosting an outdoor game in Montreal, and I think that would be great. It will definitely be a success. Let's hear Kevin Gilmore now talk about the uh, location of Parc Jean drapeau
3: um, I mean Parc Jean drapeau is one of many sites we could look at, nothing set in stone in terms of where we could do this mm-hmm. because really the challenge is identifying how we can do it mm-hmm. from a technology standpoint, from a build out standpoint, uh, talking with structural engineers. Uh, you know, U2 was at the old um, old uh, racetrack, blue bonnets. So, and 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 that wasn't a question of finding the ideal location. It was a, that that made sense or was iconic. It was a question of finding a location that worked. So, I think in, if we're going to look at an outdoor game here in Montreal, the first step will be identifying, given the structural limitations or challenges we have, where we can do this. And listen, Parc jean repos is one of the sites we'd look at, but there are others as well.
1: So finally, that's great news coming from Kevin Gilmore. And, well, in the press conference as well, Gilmore did say that the Canadians might actually even build a temporary stadium like it was built in Montreal a couple of years back for U2 to come in town. And just one interesting question that I have is, who would be the Canadians' opponent if they do an outdoor game in Montreal? they have the Winter Classic this year against the Boston Bruins. Would the outdoor game be a rematch? Would it be against the Maple Leafs? But at the same time, we're looking for a good game. So I'm not sure if the Leafs would be a good opponent. Maybe a team like the Lightning. Senators. Who knows? Plenty of options. But will definitely be a top of that. And I think that's very exciting news for uh, for Montreal Canadiens fans. Time now to move to our second nominee for winner of the week. Yeah.
2: A out on the net. Wants to play it and does. Around the class. at the line, kept in by Subac, Rolled over to Petri. And Petri scores. Oh, there's a lot of things, you know. I think he take a next step to his career. Uh Understanding the game, the confidence. I uh, right now he's playing with a lot of confidence. That's why he's part of the power play, and he's doing a good job. Understanding the game, maturity—you know—it's it, it's a process. And uh, like I just said, you know, I think he brings this game to another level that uh, I was expecting.
1: Well, Dale Weiss, he was my winner of the week last week, and he was—he's uh, an up runner again for uh, for the word once again. Because, well, what a week did he have? He had two goals, one assist in three games, so he has eight goals. Dale Weiss, right now, is on pace to score over 40 goals this season. Can you believe it? It's hard to believe. And he's one of the top goal scorers, not only for the Montreal Canadiens, in the entire NHL. He's in top five. Dale Weiss. I still can't believe that. Last season, uh, he scored his eighth goal in game 48 of the season. So it took him 48 games. And so far this year, he scored his eighth goal in game number 15. So quite, uh, quite a surprise that Dale Luis has been so far. And well, last week here on half 360, I started talking about that Dale Luis is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And well, now everybody's talking about it. So you heard it here first on half 360. We spoke about it before, uh, before it became cool, as they say. So is it the time to start talking contract negotiations with, uh, with Dale Luis? It's a good question to ask. And in fact, that might be one question that I'll ask uh, Corey when he joins us in about uh, 10 minutes time here on the uh, the podcast. Alright, let's time now to move on to our third nominee for winner of the week. Canadian goaltender, Mike Condon.
2: I uh, yeah. My, uh, uh, Michael did a really good job. Uh, every time we ask him to play, play three solid game, and um, uh, Takowski has got some experience. Even if it's a young, he's a young goalie. He's doing fine over there in in Saint John. So, uh, uh, but we're gonna go game by game, and uh... Well,
1: they're gonna go game by game, and well, they didn't have to look anywhere else besides Mike Condon. So We know how it works in Montreal, especially if you're the backup goalie of somebody like Carey Price, who won the Vezina Trophy, he won the Hart Trophy, Ted Lindsay, the Williams Jennings. He won them all last year. There's a lot of pressure to replace Carey Price. And well, Mike Condon, he's done a job so far. In the three games since the Price injury was announced, Mike Condon stopped 60 out of the 64 shots that he faced. He's the league leader when it comes to the goals against average in the entire NHL. And even when it comes to the save percentages, Michael Condon is third with a 9.41 save percentage. He's right behind um, Red Obera with at 9.43 and New York Rangers goaltender Henrik Lundqvist with a 9.45 save percentage. So it's a really tight race. Carey Price, he's at 936, 8 percentage, and he had 201 goals against average. And well, Michael Condon became the third goalie in Montreal Canadiens history to win his first four NHL games, the other two goalies were Kent Dryden and Wayne Thomas. So, is Condon next, Kent Dryden? <laughs> Who knows, time will tell. But so far, like I said, he's off to a great start. 5-0-1 is his record, so he still hasn't lost in regulation and a goals against average of
3: 1.5.
1: And now it's time to find out who is the winner of the week.
3: Not into the...
2: Here's another odd man rush. It's David Deion to the front of the net. There,
1: David Delna, we just heard him scoring his third and fourth goals of the season. The first one was against the Jets. The last one was against the New York Rangers. That was the goal that I was talking to you about earlier where it hit the linesman and it, it caused it 2-1-1 for the Montreal Canadiens. So two goals to assists for him since our last episode. And well. If you're a long-time listener, you might be surprised that I'm actually praising David D'Arnais. But I just want to reiterate that when I was talking bad against David D'Arnais, it wasn't against him. It was against the way he was being used. He was being used as a number one centerman, and we know that he's not. And as the third-line center, I think he is a good third-line center, and that's how he's being used, and he is having lots of success. And in fact, what a line with D'Agné, Dale Weiss, and Thomas Fleischman. I'm starting to think, like, this might be the Canadians' first line, the way they've been playing. They've definitely been the most dangerous line the Canadians have been putting out there. And Mr. D'Agné, what passing, what a passer he is, and we've seen it this season we've seen it throughout his career and well congratulations to david Dagné. he is my winner of the week so let us know who are your winners and losers of the week at habs 360 one is the phone number to reach us uh, for the next uh, i would say 10 minutes or so until uh, we're expecting a phone call from uh, Corey desramo managing editor of allhabs.net so let's move on now to our losers of the week, and well, our first nominee. Uh,
3: it doesn't really matter now. At uh, the time, maybe it would have been nice to have a power play out of it, but uh, you know, it's it's in the past. It is what it is. Obviously, it's my reaction. I didn't like it, but other than that, it's you know, that stuff happens. It's game of hockey, and uh, legal take care of it. After speaking with Bufflin on the hearing, we largely accept his explanation of the incident. He chips the puck past Gallagher then leans into contact, in part to pursue an offensive chance up ice. Player safety has determined that this hit does not rise to the level of supplemental discipline.
1: So, well, my first nominee for loser of the week is Dustin Bufflin. And while I don't accept the explanation that he he provided to NHL player safety, and the reason is, that we've seen Bufflin do uh, these kind of hits, the style that he plays in the past. got suspended a couple of games in the playoffs last season. I think it was four. And, well, I, it was intentional. He definitely tried to hurt Brendan Gallagher, and I think it was a headshot. So I think it definitely should have been suspension on him. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Winnipeg to watch the game between the Jets and the St. Louis Blues. And at that game, we did see Dustin Bufflin grab uh, two players, one in each arm, and hold them in headlocks. So that's the type of player that he is. So that's why I definitely have trouble believing that uh, he was playing the puck and not trying to hurt Brendan Gallagher. The second nominee for loser of the week, well, it's the Canadiens' captain, Max Pacioretty. He got one assist this week. And in fact, his last goal was against the Toronto Maple Leafs two weeks ago today. And well, what kind of an accomplishment is it if you score against the Toronto Maple Leafs? The way that uh, bring in have been playing, I could probably score against them, and I can't even skate. So I'm not sure how much of an accomplishment that is. And well, with the Canadiens' Carrie Price, their best player, being out for at least a week, from what they told us. I think Max Pacioretty is one of the players that would, that needs to uh, to step up, and I don't think he had a great week this week. He had a better game the last one against the New York Islanders, but he needs to take it uh, one notch higher, and hopefully he will. Uh, starting tonight against the uh, the Boston Bruins, now for that reason is uh, the reason why Max Pacioretty is my second nominee for Loser of the Week. My next nominee for Loser of the Week, well, it's, what a surprise, Alex Hammond.
2: No, it's a long season. It's easy. That's the way we see it right now. uh, We like the combination of uh, every line and uh, we like the speed that, that, that we got. We like the chemistry, so um, um, next time they'll get a chance, he, he's got to make sure that uh, uh, he follow the pace.
1: So that was Michel Terry, That was prior to the game against the Ottawa Senators. And like I mentioned earlier, there are no expected lineup changes for the Canadians for tonight's game against the Boston Bruins. So it looks like he'll be missing his sixth consecutive game. We're all expecting when, when the signing was done that Alex Sedman would not play an 82-game uh, season. But I wasn't expecting him to be out of the lineup so soon and for so long. So I'm even wondering now, is he done with the Canadians? Will we ever see him again in the Montreal Canadiens uniform? Who knows? And, well, what does he need to do to be able to uh, to uh, to get back in the lineup? You no, know, you can let us know via Twitter at half 360 We're gonna read your tweets uh in our last segment. But let me know do you think he's done with the Montreal Canadiens? It's uh it's hard to say. And now it's time to announce our loser of the week. And well to me it's whoever made that decision for the Canadians NHL Winter Classic jersey. I'm not a fan of it. It was actually announced yesterday by the Montreal Canadiens what their jersey will look like when they face the Boston Bruins on um, on New Year's Day. And the press release says the jersey recalls multiple elements related to the Canadiens' rich history. It's The C is in white, the H is in red, as they were 1923-1924. 19, 19, the, the season the team won its first Stanley Cup championship as part of the NHL. So this is supposed to represent the entire history of the Montreal Canadiens and what they represent, but I, I don't see that. So I'm not a big fan of the Montreal jersey, of the Canadiens' Winter Classic jersey. It's, it's probably just a money grab, right? We've seen professional teams. Uh, they, they've all done it. And in fact, why do the teams, I know the Bruins announced their Winter Classic jersey as well. Why do they even need a special jersey for for this event? Why can't he just wear the regular white uniform for the Canadians and the regular black uniform for the Boston Bruins, their regular home jerseys? <laughs> I don't get it. And I'm not a fan, like I said, of, of the jersey. So whoever made that decision, whoever gave that final go-ahead or the design, well, to me, they are are a loser of the week. So let us know.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Are your comments on the shirt or anything Munchau Canadiens related... You can do it via Twitter account at Hab360. We'll be taking a look at your tweets in a couple of moments. In fact, I think we have time to read one right now. And the first one comes from uh, Eric Canadian. He's tweeting from somewhere in Canada. In in regards to Alex Semin, I suspect he'll get another shot if a string of losses or injury necessitates. necessitates. Wow, a word I can't pronounce. Uh, a change, so for sure. Because right now Canadians don't have another forward up front. They have Michael Bourneval. He's still with the team, but we know he's having his concussion injuries. Any other option would be to recall a player from uh, from the Ice Caps, but then we all know all the roster implications that uh, that involves. So thank you very much for the tweets. Ari, we'll read the rest of them in our last segment. But coming up next, we'll be joined by Corey Desermo, managing editor of allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast on allhabs.net.
0: Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner, and HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details you'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time.
1: If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you.
0: Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at Rocketsportsmedia.com.
1: Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from art 2 canvascom are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of Art2Canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter as more details on the Habs contest will be announced soon. For high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit Art2Canvas.com.
0: This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
1: All right, welcome back to episode 153 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 7th, 2015. I'm Chris G at uh, Chris G 1980 The Canadians face the Boston Bruins in a couple of hours at the Bell Centre. It's a, a 7 o'clock Eastern start, and, well, Canadiens Bruins... Normally, it's a big rivalry between these two teams, and we'll see how that game goes uh, tonight. But joining me now on the line, he's the managing editor at uh, allhabs.net. His name is Corey Desermo. Corey, how are you doing?
3: i good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you, and uh, thank you for for coming. And Habs Bruins, Corey, does it still bring the, the same uh, passion that it did in the past when the Canadians? And the Bruins kept facing each other in the
3: playoffs. It definitely does for me, and I think it does for, I think it does for everyone. I, you know, my dad, who's been following this rivalry for a lot longer than I have, has you know still gets uh, still gets riled up for the Habs Bruins rivalry. And I think, I think it's uh, I think it's still very relevant, and I think it's still very much very much alive. And I think uh, when you listen to the players speak um, both pre and post game, you can really hear the passion, the intensity sort of rise when uh, when they're either in Boston or Boston's in uh, Montreal.
1: And one of the Canadiens players who is very passionate, he's been producing all sorts this year. He has eight goals. It's uh, Dale Weiss, and he's had a great season so far, eight goals in uh, 15 games. Uh, at the end of the season, he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, do you think it's a- Time for the Canadians to negotiate, or is he a type of player that they should wait more towards the end of the season?
3: Yeah, I don't know if that's something that that Mark Bergevin is going to look to do throughout the season. I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily uh, necessarily his style. I think what the team has going on and the culture that they've they've built, which is something that this management uh, core has really preached um, since the beginning of the Mark Bergevin era. I don't know if that's something that I want to kind of uh risk um sort of um messing with the chemistry uh this early into the season especially and I, and I don't know that they're all that concerned about Dale Weiss's contract at this time just given how just given how well the team's been playing collectively and I think Dale Weiss has obviously been a big part of that and I'm not quite sure what um what sort of um what sort of financial raise he'll be looking at come the end of the season, but I think he's definitely taken um, some strides forward, and I think he played a great clip from uh, Michelle Terrier this week speaking about how uh, Dale Weiss really understands the process of of being an NHL player and and knows what it means, and he's really proven that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what sort of a raise he gets uh, come the end of the year, and I think that's when the team will look uh, look to sign him.
1: Yeah, and he's making a little bit over one million dollars this year. And I still remember from a couple of years back when the Canadians acquired him for Rafael Diaz. Everybody was like, "Who is this Luis? And yeah. now we can't we can't picture the team with uh, without him.
3: That's uh, right. And I think I think the the line with Luis and DeHarnay has been um, that combination has just been something that Michelle Terry doesn't want to mess with at this time one player that hasn't been working
1: for the canadians is uh, alex Semen, who was signed during the off season at uh, 1.1 million dollars on a uh, one-year contract i don't think w- w- anybody is shocked that um, that he isn't successful but we're expecting this to come so soon and how do you see the Semen situation uh
3: finishing out until the end of the season yeah, I don't know if I would say I didn't expect it. Um, I think from a personal level, I didn't want it. I I think the stigma, the stigma that's associated with with Alex Semin. He's the, he's the he's the type of player that Michelle um, you know, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't like. And I think um, I think the fan base knows that and was kind of expecting this. Um, Expecting Semen to be uh, in the press box. I don't know if it was this early, but but the reality is, is it's happened. But I really would have liked to see Semen out there, just for the sole purpose of helping Galchenyuk and Eller put the puck in the net. You know, I was doing a little bit of digging, and um, you know, Galchenyuk's goal per sixty rate is sitting at two point zero nine at the moment um, over the season. But with Semen, it's actually almost a full point. Above that, at 2.96, and I think there are some things that Semin brings to the table that perhaps um, perhaps Byron doesn't. And I understand that the Habs aren't really having problems scoring goals at the moment, which is great. But I think there are some little things that Michelle Terry could really do to get the Galchenyuk uh, line and the Eller line going. And I think uh, I think part of that is the Suban Markov combo spend a bulk of their ice time with uh, both the Placanek and the Deharne line, leaving Galchenyuk spending most of his ice time with Beaulieu and Gilbert. Um, and after that, it's uh, Petrie and Emelin are next in line. So that might be sort of a little bit of adjustment. Not that the, the other pairings aren't as um, aren't good players, just they're not of the caliber of Subban and Markov. So I'd be interested to see Galchenyuk, Eller, and and perhaps, you know, if Semin does get his shot back in the lineup, which... I undoubtedly think will happen come, you know, an, an inevitable slump will come for the team and, and I think Simon will make his way back in. I'd like to see them paired more with sueman and Markov.
1: Yeah, because one thing is for sure, the have tried uh, Paul Byron, they've tried Brian Flynn, they've tried Devontae Smith-Pelly, but I think all those few players, they're, they're good players, but them on a second line, that can't work long term. Yeah, and
3: I agree with you, Chris. Like, all those players are bringing good things to the lineup, and I think that's why Michelle Terry's is having a hard time putting seven back in. Um, that, and like I said, they're, they're really just not having a problem scoring goals at the moment. Their goal differential is plus 28, which is tops in the league, and that's insane when you think about it, over 15 games. And the next closest to them is the Rangers, and they're sitting at plus 15 at the moment.
1: I know last year, I think it was towards the end of the season, if I remember correctly, I'd written in a story on allhabs.net in regards to the power play time for Lars Zeller and David and mm-hmm. I, I, you're recommending that Lars Zeller get some power play time. And it never really happened. It hasn't really happened this year. But I think there's a difference uh, between last year's De Arnais and this year's De Arnais, where this year even we saw the second line of even when Semin was still in, we would see the second unit be Derne, We had seen Semin and we had seen Galchenyuk, so Lars Zeller wasn't part of it. Uh, do you still feel the same that you think Lars Zeller should start getting some power play time at the moment?
3: You know, uh, I really think that the power play is a great opportunity. Uh, is a great opportunity for line mates to mesh because it opens up the ice a bit more and allows them to grow that chemistry. So I was sort of, I was really looking forward to seeing Eller have more power play time this year. And I mean, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to question Michelle Therrien at the moment just because of how well the team is doing. And having DeHarnay and Weiss on the power play seems to be working. But it's not giving Galchenyuk and Eller that time, you know, that extra time that they may need and that extra space on the ice to really develop that chemistry and to learn each other's tendencies a little bit more. But but as I said, it's 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 really hard for me to be critical at the moment, and and much like you said earlier in the podcast, it's my my critical analysis of of uh, David DeHarme and, and Dale Weiss in, in in the past has nothing to do with their ability as as players. It's more about their usage from the coaching perspective.
1: The Canadians so far have won twelve of the first fifteen games, and if you prorate that. I think they're on pace of finishing something crazy like 135, 140 points. <laughs> uh, so I'm not saying if you'll see them getting that many points because realistically, I think we all know that they won't get it. But do you expect them getting more than the 110 points that they got last season?
3: I, honestly, I think they'll be around the same... I think they'll be around the same place. I, I What's really been... Um, What's really been fun to watch is, is uh, you know, as unfortunate it is to have Price out of the lineup, um, you know, being the best goalie in the, in the league or in, in the world, as most say, it's been fun to watch Condon and the way that the team is playing in front of him. And having a backup that you can rely on is crucial. And I think that's going to be a big part of, um, I don't know if it's necessarily taking weight off Price's shoulders, because one, I don't think he needs it. in and two, I don't think the team needs to do that. But I think having the ability to turn to Mike Con in the way that they have right now, um, and just watching the way that the team plays confidently in front of them can make all the difference throughout the long season and and, and I don't expect them to continue to score at the rate that they're scoring. But if they can even do um you know, even if it just regresses a little bit and they can stay consistent over the season, they're gonna be a very they're gonna be a very scary team come playoff time.
1: I know what this means, Corey. If the Canadians don't finish at this pace with 137 points or whatever the number is, it means there's a losing streak coming up at some point during the season. <laughs> and, and and then we know what's going to happen. No hell's going to break loose. Uh, coaches will get fired. Subas will get traded, et cetera. So the, that's all like the fun times, I guess, of that's right, uh, you know, our social media.
3: That's right. That's right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do my best to not be too critical because things are going so well right now. But you know, you're right. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure once once a little slump comes, we'll um, everyone will be out talking about it.
1: And what are your thoughts on the Canadiens, Captain Max Pacioretty? He's in terms of goal scoring. He scored his last one a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he got an assist uh, earlier this week. Are
3: mm-hmm. you worried? Are you worried about him? You know, it's it's an unfortunate slump. For Pacioretty right now, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm worried about him. The bottom line is he's a goal scorer and one of the most consistent goal scorers in the league um, over the last five years, and I'm, I know that he will find his way. But I think what's what's interesting is that his deployment is just all oh, slightly different than what it was last season so far, with. Now Galchenyuk and the DeJarne lines are having a more favorable deployment in terms of where they're being um, deployed on the ice for the face You see, I think Pacioretty finished last season with an average of 35% of his face in the offensive zone, and this year is about a 10% drop so far. And that, that's not a knock against Pacioretty. That's just the way he's being used. And I think Michel Thierry trust and Gallagher that line um, more than any of the other lines, but he's also still leading the community. which you call him. That, that line is still putting a lot of pucks towards the net, and already and clearly not afraid to put any pucks on the net. So, so he'll start doing these bounces again, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm really not worried at this point.
1: And uh, one last question before we let you go. Who is winning tonight's game?
3: Oh, the Montreal Canadiens are going to win tonight's game. I like
1: the, the score. One. I don't, the score. I don't oh, know 4-2, four, four two. I'll say. <laughs> okay, I, I like the confidence. Thank you very much for
3: joining us, Corey. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris, for having me. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, take care. Bye. So that was uh, Corey Desorme, managing editor, managing editor. Excuse me, I should say at uh, Allhabset.net. Who joined us? You can follow him on Twitter. Twitter handle is X Corey D X. So I've tweeted out his Twitter handle uh, throughout the uh, the day. So go ahead and give him a follow. And he also does some great writing work for uh, allhabs.net. Uh, so Canadians game are it's a quiet week for the Canadians. Into our next episode, they're only playing a couple of games. First one is tonight at seven o'clock Eastern against the Boston Bruins, a game that could be seen coast to coast on uh, Sportsnet and on uh, T V A Sports. And just some stats regarding the Canadians and the Bruins. In the last six matchups, the Bruins are 0-5-1 against uh, the Habs. And in the last 12, the Bruins are 1-9-2. So if history has anything to do with it, it's not looking good for the Boston Bruins. And a reminder that Tukarask is not in goal. It will be Jonas Gustafsson, who has a 5-3-1 record against the Habs in his uh, career, so who knows, that might uh, help them turn it around. And then on Wednesday, November 11th, at 730 of Eastern, Canadians will be in Pittsburgh to face the Penguins, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on Sportsnet and on RDS 4 viewers in Belleville East. Well, it might be quiet for the Canadians on the ice in the upcoming week, but we know when it comes to the Montreal Canadians it is always busy on and, uh, and off the ice. A reminder that tonight it is a home game. So the Habs content is on between Habs 360 and Habs Happy. Give us a follow on Twitter for more information. So just to sum it up, you need to predict the the score and one Canadian goal score for your chance to win a great prize, courtesy of Anthony from r2canvas.com so next week we'll be looking back at the game against the Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins, we'll be previewing as well the game between the Canadians and the Avalanche as Patrick Waugh will be in town with his team seven days from now and we will we'll be talking some St. John's ice caps from the AHL Rick Stevens, he was on the road with them so he'll tell you what he saw over the last couple of weeks. Thank you very much to Corey Desormeau, managing editor from allhabs.net, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Christian, Christian 1980. We'll talk again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. For
0: the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.